This is Paul Nobles from Eat to Perform, and tonight we are doing our monthly podcast with our new members, and we have a lot of people on the phone call. We actually had a lot of people sign up, so I'm imagining a few people didn't make it for whatever reason, and they'll just listen to it as a podcast later, and I suspect that most of the questions that they would probably have are going to be addressed by other people in on the call. And so um, if you are new to this type of eating or something of this nature, these are really good phone calls because a lot of the time we take more advanced topics in our other podcasts or we, you know, if you've listened to any of the podcasts with Dr. Susan Corner, I know many of you probably don't even know that we have a podcast. And so if you go to anywhere you get podcasts, um, you can go back really up to five, six years. Um, the more relevant ones are probably in the last three to four years. Uh, I think more, I think we were trying for a little bit more of an entertaining type of podcast previous to that. And then we realized, oh, wow, you know, I think a lot of people just want their questions answered related to fitness and, and eating. So we kind of adjusted to that. Um, on the phone call, is Becky Avara. Becky is uh, the lead coach here at Eat to Perform. And then Carolyn Mele is our trusty Canadian who also is one of the lead coaches here at Eat to Perform. And you'll sometimes see her in your review. Um, sometimes, especially when people are new, they think that they have multiple coaches um, there's, you have your, your main coach and that's the person that is going to review your file most of the time. And then, um, that's the person that you can message really anytime you want to. And, uh, then there is another group of people that we call the adjustment team. And they're sort of a second set of eyes. They typically do the math part of what your, um, program is, but your coach can make changes. Oftentimes if, uh, someone's coming from diet to diet to diet, you know, um, they, they won't see, you know, the kind of um, weight loss that someone who hasn't been dieting for a few years. And so usually a coach will end up making those adjustments. So your coach has full reign to make any adjustment um, based on what they see. The adjustment team more or less just kind of cleans that up and, and it allows us a level of, uh, I would say quality control, but you know that's that's a little bit um, maybe not quite the way we view it. We view each of us as a team, and because of the way that our app works, we can have conversations with you as a team based on what your coach is doing. So, for instance, when Carolyn looks at your file, she sees everything that your coach has said, all the adjustments. Uh, a lot of times people ask what those little initials are for. The, um, what those initials are for is um, we call those breadcrumbs. And what that means is Carolyn can look at your file and immediately within one second um, see that uh, you are you know, in fat loss or you're in PR or whatever. <laughs> I just realized we were saying, you can see my dirty um, bed in the background. So I changed the, the side here. 
Um, no, I don't make my beds in hotels. And I also, I'm not a big fan of having people come in and clean my room. Like if I'm only there for two days, you know, I'm just going to put on the, the don't bother me sign. I, they might call it something else, but that's what it is, folks. It's the don't bother us sign. Um, okay. So this last week has been a whirlwind for me. Um, I had a death in the family. My, my, um, my stepsister passed away at a very young age and um, we went down to Jackson, Mississippi for, I'm originally from the New Orleans, Mississippi area. And so we went and, uh, you know, just participated in her funeral. Um, and it's been just a wild week of driving because we were supposed to go to Utah. So now we went from Jackson and now we're headed over to Utah. So I am in Carlsbad, Carlsbad um, New Mexico. And tomorrow we go to Carlsbad Caverns and also to El Paso to meet with my niece who works for the CDC. And I uh, appreciate the, the sentiment um, to everyone saying sorry for my loss. Um, I will say, even though she was my stepsister, my dad and her mother um, haven't been married all that long. And so um, I did not know her that well. I met her once, um, but my dad is very close to all the members of that family have lived there for the last six years. And um, I wanted to be there mostly for my dad. Um, and just, uh, you know, uh, I wanted to represent our side of the family. So that was interesting. Um, it's so, it's, it's so amazing when you get to see like the small roads in Mississippi and, and things of that nature in these small little towns, because, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm busy all the time. I'm always doing something that's making me busy and, you know, you realize that the, the world exists very slow other places and, and it's just super appealing, you know, when you're in those kinds of moments and, 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 you know, going down the back roads of Mississippi, it was just beautiful, you know, and then uh, there was all that winter storm stuff going on. Right. And so uh, we, we were kind of dealing, it was, it was, most of it had melted at that point and it wasn't really slushy or muddy or anything. Oh, there was a little bit of it, but not a lot. Um, I'm from Minnesota, you know, so I live in Minnesota most of the year. So, you know, the cold is usually not that big of a deal, but you know, what's funny and people from the North won't admit this to you, but when you go down to Mississippi or New Orleans and it's cold, like 26 degrees or 30 degrees, it's cold, <laughs> like, because they have moisture in the air. And by January 15th in Minnesota, you do not, right? And you haven't seen moisture in the air for a very long time. So um, I'll just go ahead and admit that to all the people in the South. When it gets cold, it is actually cold, you know, even though your friends up North might be making fun of you because you got stuck on a highway for 19 hours um, because there are no, um, there are no salt trucks and stuff like that. And so, yeah. So in that process, 
Um, Meridian, Mississippi. Um, so Allison, my, um, gosh, I don't know what Shane's last name is, but he has a, um, a little boy named Bree. And Shane um, had to pick up Bree from Meridian, Mississippi. And uh, so I'm very familiar with that area. I actually lived in Brookhaven for a while um, in sixth and seventh grade and, and really loved that area quite a bit. So uh, in that process, um, I've, I've, I'm a big, big believer. I know, some, I know some of you guys are like, let's get to the nutrition talk or the fitness talk. But um, I think this is important what I'm about to say is that, um, you know, COVID has taken a lot out of our lives, right? And um, no matter where you are politically, you've been affected by this, right? And one of the things that I've become resolved to is I'm going to force events more than I normally would, right? And so, um, I knew as an example that we were going to be coming through Dallas and knew as an example that I was going to uh, meet with Becky. Um, Becky lives right outside of Dallas. And so uh, we met myself and her husband. And man, we just could not shut her husband up. You know, we could not get a word in wise. Jeff just was yap, 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 yap. Um, if you can't see Becky, she's cracking up laughing because Jeff is quiet. And between me and Becky, he, he could not quiet. get he could not get a word in edgewise. Um, <laughs> and and um, the other thing that that I did, um, so that was a great night. You know, my wife had never met Becky, but she felt like she was one of her better friends because you know we've known each other virtually for for so many years. But this is what I mean by like scheduling events, right? So um, there was another person that I'm fairly close to that lives in Dallas on the other side of town. And I was like, oh, you know, it's just so far. It's gonna, gonna take me out of my way. It's probably gonna add a day to the trip if I start doing all these things. And then I just started realizing like, so what? You know, the life is really meant for events and to, to, to show people that you care about. And, and the fun thing about, about meeting my friend, Matt, um, Matt started a company called KidStrong. Now, if I said that to you two three, year, two, three years ago, you would go, oh yeah, I saw their videos on Eat to Perform. And we had to quit sharing their videos on Eat to Perform because it's like a fitness concept for kids under six. Um, he hates it when I describe his company, but that's what it is, right? It's, 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 it's so amazing um, because if you think about it, if you have a kid under six, right? And let's say that, you know, you were mostly in your house for the first year of COVID, you know, his business exploded the second year of COVID because all these families wanted their kids to have an active outlet. And um, KidStrong, if you go to their website right now, you'll see that they're exploding. They, they're not technically under the tree of Orange Theory, but they kind of work within the, the framework that Orange Theory has in the way that they view their, their model. And um, I just couldn't be happier for him. We had a lot of discussions about, about happiness, you know, and, and, 
you know, I know when, when we're, you know, we, we had a similar explosion a little bit before they did. And he, he was one of the people that was happiest for me. You know, the way, the way that winning works, you know, is you might not be winning now, but you're going to win eventually if you just kind of stick to the principles of what you do. Right. And so I think sometimes people get frustrated with, you know, their goals and things of this nature. And, and when some other people are having success, they're, they're envious. You know, I've been around a lot of successful people in, in my life. And successful people rarely have that. You know, they know that they're going to get there at some point. And, and so that's something that I think, um, you know, as we're all trying to reach our bigger fitness and nutrition goals, you know, try to focus on you and what you do and kind of sticking to what you can control um, and, and be happy for those other people. You know, they, they're working towards their goals, but they're just on a different timeline than you are, right? So um, ironically, you know, my other podcast person, uh, Dr. Susan Kleiner, we were on the phone talking about Carlsbad Caverns. And I was like, oh, that would be such a, such a great, great place to visit. And I've always wanted to go there, right? And sure enough, um, we were coming through New Mexico. My niece, we were going to visit in, in Santa Fe, but she is actually now in El Paso. So it was a big decision for us to kind of detour all the way down to El Paso and then make our trip once again longer. And once again, we did it, right? Um, and so, so we're going to Carlsbad, we're gonna meet her for dinner in El Paso and then we're gonna head to Utah after that. But when you look at, you know, when my stepsister passed away, there was not a second in my life that I thought we shouldn't go. I, I immediately, I, I don't know her well, right? But, but you know, if, if the last few years has taught us anything, it's really that, you know, you have to embrace those moments with family, um, even if the family isn't close. I know that those people, you know, if my dad were to get sick, those are going to be the people that help him, you know? And so I wanted to get to know them and be there for them in their time of need. So um, I appreciate everybody's condolences. And so let's get into kind of the, the topics of the day. But I do think what I'm saying and what I'm talking about are overall themes for you to perform, because I think that a lot of people are going to be on this phone call and they're going to look at their success as a person or their success with nutrition or their success very narrowly. And what, what I want you to understand is that within all of this stuff, really having much broader ideas that can actually affect you for the rest of your life. People don't realize the mental toll that um, the, this takes, right? The, the effect on mental health that eating less does. So when we start talking about, yeah, your, your diets really need to be in phases, that's factored into this program, not just for physical health, but also for mental health, right? And so, um, that'll be a bit of what we talk about here. So I wanted to run through um, kind of the basic expectation of what these last two weeks look like and then the last four weeks, especially for fat loss one. 
most of you would be in fat loss one. You wouldn't have gone through AP at this point. Um, anybody that is or has any questions or if you have something about PR, um, just let me know and I can answer that also. Um, but I could probably cover PR in one sentence, right? In PR, the goal is to stay weight stable. And that gets frustrating for some people because, you know, they'll come in and then they talk to a coach and the coach says, you know, it sounds like you've been dieting for quite some time. I want you to start you off in, in, in performance, right? And they don't have a lot of ideas about it, right? But they might think that the goal is weight loss when in reality, that's just not how math works, right? And, and so as you start to add more food, you're really approaching fat loss from the other side. You're really just trying to replace the fat that you have now with lean muscle, right? And that, you know, will your weight fluctuate? Sure. You know, um, can your weight tick up? I think one of the things that frustrates people with PR is the way they might have viewed eating or dieting before, right? And um, when you let's say you go to Vegas, right? And, and, you know, you have some drinks, you're, you're enjoying food. I don't know why Vegas is almost my place. Let's, let's go to New Orleans this time. So New Orleans, you're on Bourbon Street, you're doing the thing, you're eating the food and you're having the drinks and you come back and your weight's up four pounds. What we have you do is just jump right back into the plan. But after you have a few of those moments where you're visiting family and you're going to New Orleans and, and just a few, you know, a few other things that you can't control, and now your weight's up five pounds or so, it's common for people to panic and then just salad it up for like two weeks or start intermittent fasting or you know, whatever extreme thing you would have done in the past. The problem that you run into in that scenario is we are creating favorable metabolic math for you. And so when you interfere with that, it's a bit of a setback. And the more you interfere with it, the more of a setback it is, right? So like when you look at it, so, that, so that's PR. If you have a question about it, we can address that at the end. Now let's go to fat loss. One of the biggest things about fat loss and the way that we do it is that all of you came in motivated in the first week, right? And maybe into the second week, you're having, you know, you're feeling good about it. This is the part though, where you're most motivated because, you know, if you are a woman and you came to us 165 pounds and now you're at 159, you know, who doesn't feel great about that? You're down six pounds in two weeks. Um, I wrote an article about it. You can go check it out because there's probably going to be some things that I missed, but there's also some things that I'll be covering in detail. I'll try and talk a little slower too. Um, the, uh, that's one of the things that uh, was, was kind of um, interesting about the funeral, even though I'm originally from the South, um, the, uh, the accents that were fast talkers you really only pick up like every third word, you know? And so, um, so I'll slow down just in case my non-accent, of course, everybody thinks they don't have an accent. Um, so you can pick up the information. All right. But my main point is to say, 
these two weeks, you know, one, if you're still kind of struggling, um, you really need to look at that piece. You know, I think if you're on this phone call, you're probably not struggling, right? You've probably pre-planned your meals like your coaches are talking to you about. You're doing most of the things right. You're entered into the challenges, all the different things that keep you accountable and motivated. Um, if you aren't, I'm going to tell you something that I want you to hear in the way that I'm presenting it. There's some people that just aren't ready yet, right? And I think if you come in and you go, well, I don't have the time to pre-plan. If you don't have the time to pre-plan, you don't have the time to make this a priority in your life, right? And I think a lot of the times we want to make the, I mean, I think we have a template where this gets real easy over time, right? But in the beginning, it's kind of tough and you've got to approach it. Now, most of you, so like most of you have the big advantage of coming to us after the holidays because you get really motivated after, you know, kind of enjoying the holidays and wait us up a little bit. In May, we often get a lot of people that are coming to us from another failed diet, right? And then often they were intuitive eating around 1300 calories or something in this situation. So they've kind of gone from diet to diet to diet. We see the most effect this time of year, right? Just because we all do it. Eat the form coaches do it, right? We, you have, we kind of build in that there's going to be a little, um, a little, uh, you know, weight gain around the holidays. If you guys can hold on one second, I'm going to pause and then we'll come right back. Okay. So, uh, man, all these different climates, you, you end up getting really thirsty and parched. So, um, it was getting really hard to talk with the mouth getting thick like that. So I wanted to walk through what the next four weeks are going to look like, right? Because for most of you, you're really only going to have like a six week cycle. And then we're going to reset your food back to normal, maybe even higher than you were, you would have thought you were eating. Many people think they're eating, you know, a certain amount of calories. And then like the little stuff kind of adds up around what they do. And um, this might be the first time in your life where as you're eating normal, you actually know how much you're eating. And it's enlightening. It's life-changing, in fact, right? Um, because you start to realize that's the piece that you didn't know. And that's the part where, you know, you are gaining a level of control that you might not have had in the past. So you do get that water weight. And the one thing that I just, I, it, it irks me to no end, please don't do this to your coaches. Water weight matters a lot, right? So when you're kind of getting through that process of being maybe a little bloated from the alcohol and food from the holidays, you know, getting rid of that matters. That, that you know, the next thing after the water weight is the fat. No, by the way, you know, um, you're not not losing fat. It's just not all fat, right? Um, and so kind of keep that in mind that water weight is, is relatively important. Um, it's addressed in every area of eating form, including PR, you still, when food goes back to normal, eventually, you will still have 
low days to kind of clear out that excess water, right? So kind of keep that in mind. Those things have all been built in. And oh, by the way, we do these phone calls so that you understand why all these, these things work, why they, they're in place this way. You know, a lot of people, you know, will go, well, you know, it's just a lot easier eating, you know, one set of calories that is just really low. It's like, well, yeah, but that's not near as effective. Any good nutrition coach doesn't do it that way. Why these major platforms do it that way, I have no idea. You know, um, it sure seems like they would be better at this point. But um, any any registered dietitian, any you know, um, um, uh, weightlifting platform, they're all going to adjust calories from day to day the way that we do it, right? So you are getting to the point where things are going to slow. And as things slow, that can get a little bit frustrating, right? Because it's really super motivating that if you lost five to six pounds in the first couple of weeks, that you're ready to do everything, you know? Um, what's going to happen, so you're probably all aware that your, your macros are tearing down and you probably are getting real close to where your macros are going to go down one level, right? If you've only been here two weeks, if you've been here three to four weeks, then you might've seen, seen even two adjustments, right? Well, that starts to get a little bit harder, but you don't get these big water flushes because the calories aren't really that different, right? So I think there might be one adjustment where it's about 300 calories, um, most of them around 200. 200 is really only meant to keep the progress that is already coming, even as things are slowing down. But 200 calories does not even equal a pound a month. Now, you might already be in a little bit of a deficit from the calories that were higher, but you have to sort of expect things to slow down. We're trying to drag that out as long as possible. So the one thing that I definitely wanted to address, because every now and again, this comes up, is what happens if I'm still losing weight? Well, that's the value of customization. Your coaches are going to let you lose as much weight as possible. So if you're within six weeks, and let's say that you're down 10 pounds, right? And um, it's pretty obvious that you still got some room to grow into you know, your, your coach is really going to look for that, that progress. As long as you're losing, you know, it's usually about a pound and a half. When we get to a pound, you know, a lot of times that could be hydration. So your, your coach might pull it off. And the reason why they're going to pull it off is because we're not trying to get it all in that one fat loss cycle, right? There's two fat loss cycles. We're more likely to push it as coaches in the second fat loss cycle, right? And so the biggest problem that I see with most programs is, and, and it's the easiest thing to fix, but I feel like they're catering to the mentality of the client, where if the client were told why it's better to do it the way I'm about to describe, the clients would be like, yeah, that makes sense, right? But if you have 50 pounds to lose 
right? It's much better to view that as 30 and 20 in two cycles, right? I actually wrote an article about this um, the other day where I talked about how that works. So like, for instance, let's say that you have 50 pounds to lose. Well, it's a very common thing for um, people to say one pound a week is, is a really good barometer, right? I made the case that you can lose 50 pounds easier in two cycles in one year rather than just dieting that whole year. Because if, if you diet that whole year, what often ends up happening is you're going to be depleted. You're not going to have the energy to really push through. And oh, by the way, in the time that you're not dieting, there can be significant recomp. If you're new to training or if you've been underfed for a long time, you can probably add anywhere from five to 10 pounds of recomp in that one year, right? Just by being fed most of the time and still hit your goal, right? Um, now, some people do find that, it, you know, well, you know, when I was 29, I was 50 pounds less. And then they find that, you know, when they lose 40 pounds, they're perfectly fine because, you know, as if you're, let's say, a 55-year-old woman, you're probably going to have a lot more muscle than the 29-year-old the woman that used to be, right? Um, kids, as an example, um, when you have a child, there's a lot of human growth hormone that's just everywhere within your body, right? And so we actually did a body fat test. We had, a, we had 10 women that were pregnant. We had them all take a body fat test. And they had one woman that gained nine pounds, nine and a half pounds of muscle in her pregnancy. I don't think most women know that. I don't think most women are aware that they put on a significant amount of muscle, especially if they're weight training in that process, right? Now, of course, you're going to lose a little bit of that muscle as things back, move back to normal. But, you know, if you're like Becky and you have nine kids, you know, I mean, like, my wife walked away and she said, wow, Becky is super strong. Like you can see it in Becky in person, right? And I think, I think that's something that needs to be considered, especially for the women and even for the men. You know, like a lot of times you'll hear from the men that, you know, you're grown man strong, right? I mean, it takes years and years of volume to get the kind of muscle that you can actually see come through your t-shirt and, and stuff like that. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't, you know, have these deficit cycles, things of that nature. But as you'll see, as you get deeper into the eat to perform process, I'd love for everybody to be so excited about all the hundreds and thousands of weight that they've lost, right? But what they say is that their relationship with food changes and they finally have an understanding of all the things that they didn't understand all along because you know the, the process was made too simplistic. I don't think our process is particularly hard, but I think what happens is people get kind of in their head about the weight that they wanna lose or something of that nature. And then they don't want to see the full process through. Look, if you've been dieting since you were 15 years old, you know, and you're here talking to me, give it a chance, right? I mean, this is, this is your 10th, 15th diet, right? I mean, if you want to look at the amount of success that people have had, 
just go into the group or go to the main page and just go back 10 years, right? Um, now, am I saying that none of this happens with effort? That was my post today, right? Is that, you know, what I think happens as we, we get into these next four weeks is people expect the math to do all the work. And if you make all the, the calories do the work, that can be the difference between losing eight pounds in a six-week cycle and losing 12 pounds in a six-week cycle, right? Because you're going to get that really motivating first bump, right? And that might carry you to three to four weeks. But I'm just going to tell you week five, week six, it's going to get really hard. And I know for myself, I don't do fat loss cycles that, that often because I feel like it's important for me to live the example to all of you. Um, but I can tell you being deep into a fat loss cycle in the past that sometimes you're going to have to pull yourself off that couch and get those 10,000 steps that day. Right. And, um, and it's not fun on, on those days. Um, and you might have to, you know, you might, you might love all the people at your gym. Right. And you might, but, but in that moment, for those last two weeks, you might be better off cutting back and moving to more long and slow cardio, right? So those are all things that coaches, your coach is gonna be talking to you. But I, but I need you to understand these next four to six weeks, the goal is probably to lose about the amount that you lost in the first two weeks. And you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with the process. Now, some of you on, you know, some of you, I mean, I was talking to someone that was down in three weeks down, down 20 pounds, right? That's not everybody's reality. You know, not everybody is, is in that type of shape, right? Um, and, and we're all coming at it from a, a different approach. So kind of keep that in mind. Um, the other thing is, and, and, I, and I wanna talk about effort here once again, because people, talk about AP and PR, right? Those are the stages where food normalizes and they get fearful of gaining weight. And they often ask the question, you know, how do I avoid gaining weight? Well, first of all, do what your coach tells you, right? Because, you know, they've helped thousands of people in that process. But there also needs to be a point where you have to consider effort, right? Right now you're really motivated, you're losing weight, you're ready to suck it up for the next four weeks. That's not the hard part. This is the easy part. Like a monkey with an abacus could do this part for you. The hard part is the part where food comes back, right? And now all of a sudden you're like, okay, food's coming back, you know, having a couple beers or having a couple margaritas, not that big of a deal. Well, it is a big deal if you just stopped fat loss last week. In reality, the way that you need to look at your fat loss, even if you come out at week six, is that it's really about eight weeks, right? Because if your calories are low at that point, your body's not ready for that kind of kind of kind of calories. Now, can you get away with it one day? You probably can. But I don't know about you guys, but I hear this from a lot of people, and I'm certainly like this. Once the floodgates open, you kind of remember how much you like margaritas, right? You kind of remember how much, how good cheesecake tastes, right? And now all of a sudden, you know, one day turns into three days 
And maybe you didn't lose all the progress, but you know, you, you look down and you're like, well, I'm only six weeks. And now a lot of times people come in a group, well, I'm only down six weeks without telling the whole margarita and cheesecake part, right? And so really look at it as an eight week cycle so that your calories get back to normal. And then you can have that margarita going into, you know, just call it your pre-fat loss to margarita or whatever, right? And I think you'll see a much better, you'll see much better success that way. Would you see more success with no margarita? I'm not sure about that. You know, I think from a calorie standpoint, the argument would be yes. But I think also we're really talking about food freedom here also, right? And so we want to make sure that all of you are walking away understanding kind of the big idea, right? And the big idea is that, you know, let's say that you do one fat loss cycle, meaning, meaning you did fat loss one, AP, fat loss two, and you move your calories back to normal. Does that mean you're never going to diet again? No. What it does mean is that when you diet the next time, whether it be two to three years down the line, some people, you know, like a really tight physique. And oftentimes those people have to do it, you know, um, once a year, right? Um, and so it really depends on how restrictive you want to be, right? But in general, I would say if you have big goals, you might run into a scenario where you would do fat loss twice a year. The good majority of eating performers that have been with us eight, 10 years, things of that nature, they're usually doing the, the earliest they will do it is once a year. Um, but more often not, than not, they're being pushed to wait two and three years. So if you start to see your weight go up, you know, in that two to three years, five to seven pounds, how much of that five to seven is bustle, right? And, and that's hard to determine, even if you're doing body fat tests and all this other type of stuff, or you have a body fat test at, um, at home, even the mirror is not going to tell you because a lot of time that layer of fat, if you're putting on, let's say, ab muscles or, or biceps or something of this nature, they might get a little tighter, but not necessarily the the kind of tight where you're gonna go okay you know i'm a packed up you know i'm walking to the grocery store with my t-shirt off right um you're gonna always have kind of this layer of of fat um not not where you're obese right but where you're just not gonna see rippling abs you know even the people that have rippling abs tend to be either really restrictive work out much more than every average person or they kind of have moments where they're more fit and then moments where they're kind of loosening things up the real answer is the third person the the third person actually is able to build muscle over time is able to be realistic about what that looks like i mean if you talk about somebody that that you know has kind of a you know thin layer of fat over their abs, you know that person, you know on a beach, people that person knows that person works out. That person's fit. You know they just don't have rippling abs on that day, right? 
And so kind of keep that in mind. So someone just asked, what is AP? So AP is interesting. AP is something that each perform does that no other program that I know of does. So instead of having, let's say a three month fat loss cycle, which is kind of common, you know, I would argue the way that most people don't do it is not the way that we do it. Usually they'll do like a three month and then they'll add two to 300 calories back and they're essentially doing nothing and they're going to end up rinsing and repeating a lot. And if they have bigger goals, they're just never going to hit them doing it that way. AP is the period between fat loss one and fat loss two that allows your metabolism a reset, right? So that your body can kind of normalize. It also allows your mentality a reset, right? Where food comes back, you start to feel comfortable, and then you can get ready for to tackle the second phase. But, but you know, why some of these bigger programs don't do that? Why, why other programs don't do it? I, it's, it's literally one of the most effective things you can do for diet, right? If you're going to have a three-month cut, you're better off pushing it to four months and adding that one month where you reset. And so for women, you know, we're resetting. The goal we're aiming for is about 2,000 calories. For men, the goal is around 2,750. And it's that, that reset that allows for the second phase of progress. Now, we should address that. Should you expect the same progress in fat loss two that you got in fat loss one? Well, that depends, but I think the answer is no, right? The majority of people that have a lot of success in fat loss one, or even a little bit of success in fat loss one, their math was just better, right? So if they were working out and, and eating, you know, 3000 calories as a female, and now in fat loss two, we work you up to, to a little bit more than 2000. Well, you were a thousand better last time. So that's why you made more progress that first time. Now, if you came to us, you know, at let's say 1700 calories, um, and this does happen a lot, right? Where someone comes in and they say, well, you know, I'm pretty sure my calories are around 1700. You're probably wrong, right? The, the, you know, a lot of estimates often end up being a little bit higher, but, but let's say that that's a good ball, ballpark. It is common for people in that situation to actually end up losing 10 pounds. And part of the reason why is because with their previous form of dieting, where they just go down to, let's say 1,100, 1,200 calories, right from jump, they don't have any energy to work out, right? With our scenario, you're gonna have four to five weeks where you feel pretty comfortable working out. And so let's say in both scenarios, so in the low calorie scenario or the eat form way, you might lose 10 pounds both ways, but you'll look a lot better with the eat to perform way, right? Because the raw materials required to build muscle and hold on to muscle, you don't get at 1100 calories, right? And so when you see the lowest numbers with eat to perform, you're only there for two weeks. That's the interesting part about the 52 week scenario where you need to lose 50 pounds, right? If you do, you know, the cookie cutter program 
you know, like a Noom or Weight Watchers or something like that, for 52 weeks, you're eating 1,100 calories, right? With our scenario, the lowest calories, which aren't typically 1,100 calories, um, you're only going to be doing that for four weeks, right? That's a big difference, right? And I, I think it's interesting that people go, you know, well, what's a big difference between the way you do it in a four, only four weeks, right? That's a big difference as opposed to 52 weeks of suffering, 52 weeks of, of you know, mental health issues because your food is so low, 52 weeks of being depleted vitamin-wise, 52 weeks of, of not feeling like you, you want to work out. You know, like one of the things I talk about a lot is that when you're under eating, oftentimes you allow yourself to not go to the gym or be active because you're expecting the calories to do the work. The reason why we have six-week cycles is because it allows you to do the most with the least amount of time. So the most amount of effort in the least amount of time. And when you can do that effectively within that period where you do your other fat loss cycle, now we're building muscle. Now we have a good relationship with food. Now we can do date night. Now we can go to Las Vegas without feeling bad. Now we can do spring break and we can have ice cream with our kids, right? I mean, I don't think that a lot of people realize the extent of what their family sees, right? There's many of you that have been on this call and if you have 16 year old children, they might know that mom's been dieting or dad's been dieting for 16 years. You know, they've never gone to the ice cream store with you, right? Or, you know, you do two hours of cardio as payment for that ice cream. That's, you know, your kids see that, right? And you might think, previously to form, you might've thought to that as good messaging. You know, food, exercise, is is a privilege it's something that we can do and i mean if you know anyone that that you know has struggles with any kind of disability you know and they're doing workouts right in a different way than you are um that's something that you should be grateful for not everybody has that right and then to be able to do that fed you know i would say most gyms you walk into that gym and most of those people are underfed most of the time. I remember talking to the, the guy that owned my gym, one of my original gyms. I was like, do you have any idea how much eating disorder type behavior goes on in this gym behind the scenes? I was like, because people tell me the stories they won't tell you, you know? And I think the bigger purpose of Eat to Perform is kind of rid all of our families of that kind of stuff that if we're going to do it, the reason why people are so all in, you know, with these really restrictive diets and things of this nature, because they kind of expect them to fail, right? I think you can look at the pictures and go, if I do what that person did, I'm probably going to see a pretty good result. I know Eat to Perform works based on all these things. Here's the thing too, when you see a picture from Eat to Perform, I want you to focus on one thing. If you go to these other platforms on Instagram and things of this nature, oftentimes you'll see a before and after. 
right? But what you don't see is the after that after and the after that after, right? And I really feel like that's a slept on piece of what we do, right? Is that most of the people that you're seeing, that's not just somebody, you know, th these are people that have been with Eat to Perform for years, you know? I mean, who are we gonna ask to put the pictures up? Our friends, the people that we know, the people that care about this program. You know, those people have been with us for 10 up to eight years sometimes. Like the, the woman in our stories right now, she was one of the first 60 performers, you know? So keep that in mind as you're kind of walking through this, that, that we're giving you this playbook, you know? I was watching Rounders the other night, you know, and I'm, Rounders is, tends to be a little bit more of a, a man thing than a, than a woman thing, but it's so good. It's so good. Um, and I, I think maybe some of you know that I used to play poker pretty seriously um, and travel the world doing so. Um, but there's a point where the main character, you know, is in a real bad place. And the one guy that it was his mentor said, you know, because he kind of he kind of made fun of him for being grinding out his living, you know, to make rent and things of this nature. And the mentor said, you punk, I gave you the playbook off of all my bad beats for the last 20 to 30 years, and you're pissing it away on some pipe dream. We are giving you the playbook of what a good fit, healthy mental health point of view is, right? And so I'm not going to refer to you as punks, um, but I think it is important to say that, that we came before you to show you this. You know what, ultimately it was my journey that started to perform, but what I did was nowhere near as good as what you guys are doing, right? That The program just keeps getting better and better year after year. You know, I mean, if I if I had done this, man, there would have been a lot of mistakes that that I wouldn't have made. I mean, one of the mistakes that I made was really getting way too small, you know, um, and really focusing on body fat and not focusing near as much on holding onto that muscle. I had to spend the next five to ten years gaining all that muscle back. So these are things that Carolyn, Becky, myself, we all did you know, to, to, so that you, you have a playbook and you know what's coming. And then you have literally, I could not have imagined this scenario. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know this was going to become what it's become. I wasn't trying to create a business. I was just trying to write a blog to tell people a better way of doing it in the way that I was doing it. I had no idea of all the things that were going to come along that were going to be better and better and better. The fact that there's, you know, thousands of people that have had so much success and that you can look at those pictures and go, wow, that person was eating 2,700 calories. You know, that is amazing. We really changed a lot of the diet world and, and it's getting to the point where a lot of people are starting to notice. Okay, so um, it didn't seem like we had a lot of questions, but let's go ahead and, and kind of address that because I want to try and, um, well, I want to try and get to dinner. 
I think um, the AP one was was one of them. Um, Alina was just saying she was when you were talking about PR in the beginning, being able to eat and not gain weight is something that I'm so happy with in PR. Um, and then some people had to uh, leave us and are going to catch the call later. Yeah, I think I think the thing about PR, because I know a lot of you are, are coming into this, you know, scared, right? Um, because you know, it, in a lot of ways, dieting can often be an abusive relationship. But as you add more food, this is the part that many of you don't know, and you won't know for a good while, right? You won't know for the next two months. Um, you will know a little bit in AP. You'll start to feel it, and you'll go, "This is the right way." But it's really that effort, you know. I think what happens with traditional dieting, and even in a smart, eat to perform kind of way of doing it is people sort of change the way that um, they, they lighten up on their effort. They, they spend all their effort on the fat loss side. And when the effort's supposed to come back, when the food co comes back, they don't put enough in. Now, even in that scenario, weight will fluctuate up, but it won't, you know. I think the biggest thing that happens is that when someone loses, let's say 20 pounds, which is very common. Um, and the weight starts to fluctuate three to five pounds. Well, that should be acceptable for 20 pounds of weight loss, right? I mean, cleaning up three to five pounds is really easy to do, right? Um, getting frustrated because you gain three pounds and then you gain 20 pounds, well, that's a much harder cleanup, right? So if we can focus the effort on the AP side and the PR side when calories start to go up and you can start to get away from that fear and rely on the expertise that your coach is bringing to the situation, that's the way to do that. Looked like we did have one question that came in. Yeah, we've got one more from Aaron. What are the two phases you have a choice of going into after fat loss one? So you do have the option to go straight to PR, right? So they're gonna gradually, you know, move your calories um, back to normal. Um, we don't recommend that, but, but you certainly have that option. The problem that you run into when you use that option is that um, the, you can't kind of end up rinsing and repeating. Really the goal of this cycle is to kind of get you a minimum of about 20 pounds of loss. Right. And so if we only get you eight to 10, you're kind of setting up a little bit of rinse and repeat. So we'd like people to go all the way, but the, that's really the only two options. The only two options are to set up fat loss too, right. Or to move to normal. But, you know, there's a lot of cases where you're already kind of lean. You want to do a little cleanup. You did your little cleanup and, and now you want to get back to beast mode in the gym. There's no one at to perform that's going to say no to that. Uh, Megan has a question. Do you mean continuing to meal plan and be pretty meticulous with logging and food choices when going from fat loss to AP or PR? Okay, so you're not going to believe this. I don't do that. So, so this is the part that... Um, I think Becky operates pretty similar to me and Carolyn might also. There's some people that do prefer to continue on.
But let me let me explain to you what we do now as we've moved past that stage, right? So in my case, I work my calories up from anywhere to 3,500 to 4,000, right? Um, I know for a lot of you, these numbers, they just, they don't, they don't, they seem extreme, right? But if you look at male calories, you know, for relatively active people, I would say even, you know, I would say in a lot of cases, I'm more than relatively active, even though I literally just play pickleball, but I play pickleball for three hours a day, sometimes five days a week. So that's a lot of activity. It's a lot of, lot of um, banging on your body. Right. And so um, the, uh, let me just, I lost track of thought there for a second. Um, so we don't log, right? Once I get to that 35 to 4,000, I no longer log. Now, the dirty little secret that most of you maybe don't admit to yourself is I eat the same thing most of the time. Right. And so I know what 3,500 to 4,000 calories look like. But like I said earlier, a lot of times some added calories come in and, you know, you're not accounting for those. That is why I keep good track with the scale, right? Once I'm at top, if, if you could talk to Carolyn, you could talk to Becky, you could talk to myself. Once we're at our stages, so like as an example, for a woman, Becky might be at 2750, Carolyn might be at 2500, and then they move to not logging. And you go, well, how do you control things with your scale? You look and make sure that, you know, you're still in a relative range of comfortable. For me, comfortable is 10 pounds, right? And so I, as long as my ceiling's 10 pounds, I'm fine. I don't have to typically do many cleanups um, in that regard, but... Uh, you know, I say this all the time is that uh, I really, I view it as five-year chunks. And in, in those five years, I don't necessarily move to fat loss, right? Um, but in that time, uh, you know, in, in a five-year period where I would consider a dieting cycle, um, I might have one or two, you know, one-week cleanups where, you know, my weights a little higher than my 10 pound ceiling. But does that mean that I'm walking around, around with ripple dabs all the time? Definitely not, right? But am I scared to take my shirt off at the beach? No, you know, I mean, I'm fit, you know? And, and I think the, the thing that we focused on a lot is weight, but not necessarily what that weight looks like in a practical way, right? And what you see with each form especially when people, you know, and you can do whatever you want. You can walk, you can do whatever you want, you know. But as your goals change, as you want to look different, as you want to kind of look like Sarah or some other things, they've already given you the playbook. They're showing it to you in posts. How, you know, what they work out. Do they lift weights? You know, if you're running, you're maybe not going to have that really, you know, muscly toned look, you know. And so maybe it makes sense for three months to kind of move to more sets and reps, right? But to answer your question, no, the Ethan form is built for like when you you'll you're gonna see lifetime memberships come up real soon here, right? Most of the people that do lifetime memberships actually are not logging and meal planning most of the time. They get it. We've taught them the way, right? 
do they come back for little cleanups every now and again? Sure. You know, but that's why we sell that membership. Right. All right. So I need, I see they're, they're coming in. Um, my wife's going to kill me. All right. <laughs> um, Jose, we can actually get to that. He's asking about the um, phases and acronyms and it might be in the app as well too, in the frequently asked questions, but we can it get is. that to you. Okay. Um, Rachel's asking, can you talk a little more about time, eating carbs closer to, to sleep? What's the time frame? Also about sleep in general, how much should we aim for? So I aim for seven to eight, you know, and if, if, if I have a bad day's sleep, um, I will nap. I know that's not an option everyone has. Um, I do nap most, most days. Um, and so um, on a day where I get six hours sleep, I might, you know, I'm, I'm actually a little underslept right now. Um, and so, you know, last couple of days when I've been able to nap, I've been getting about an hour and a half. Normally it's about 15 to 30 minutes if, if I'm getting seven to eight each night, but it usually adds up to, to seven to eight. In terms of carbs, I know some people do struggle with carbs, um, you know, before bed, uh, the science doesn't make sense on that in a lot of ways, right? Because um, insulin from carbohydrates actually keeps cortisol low and allows for, you know, your sleep stuff to come in, the serotonins and, and stuff like this. And so um, you can look at uh, serotonin uh, foods that can help your sleep. Um, but in general, uh, insulin from carbohydrates is an antagonist to cortisol and that should help you sleep. Now, we might be having a bit of a different discussion. If we're having huge meals, you know, and, and things of this nature and your body's struggling to deal with that, um, that might be the issue. But a little bit of carbohydrate before bed typically is going to help sleep. Okay, um, Megan's asking, what do you consider moderately active? I'm wondering if I'm active enough. I'm on my feet all day, she's a teacher, getting my steps, but also only get actual workouts three to five days per week. I'm sorry, read that again, please. Yeah. What do you consider moderately active? I'm wondering if I'm active enough. I'm on my feet all day, she's a teacher, getting my steps, but also only getting actual workouts three to five days per week. That's totally fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. um, so Amber is asking something here and we have a couple people uh, reiterating, reiterating the same issue. It could be file specific, but I don't know if you want to speak to this. What if I'll, one I'll, I'll speak to I'll speak to it, but okay. I'm just going to tell you all the people that are going same. You're not going to like my answer. Okay. Uh, what if one is losing nothing in fat loss in a week or two, but is not coming from a prolonged extreme def deficit and is working out five days a week and is eating extremely clean? It's frustrating. I don't even lose water weight. You weren't eating in a surplus previous to this. Dieting is simple, it's math, right? And so, so if, as an example, your calories right now are let's say 16 to 1700, but you were eating 1400, you were on a diet, 
right? So when you talk about eating extremely clean and things of that nature, you might view that as that is a better way to be as a human being. And it might be, but what clean eaters often miss out on, right? Is that they're intuitively under eating. And that's where you can't really address that kind of stuff. There's a reason why you were attracted to eat to perform, right? Because you thought to yourself, wow, you know, eating more could st stimulate my metabolism, all these types of things, right? Most of the people that are losing weight that are going to lose 20 and 30 pounds. When I say to you eating 22,000 calories, 2,500 calories, if that seems extreme, that's the part you have wrong. You're just going from diet to diet to diet and, and nothing's changing, right? And then you go, well, yeah, but, you know, um, during the holidays, you know, I had some chocolates and, and, and I drank some beer. It's, yeah, you know, that's not, that's not creating a huge calorie surplus, right? You're not eating 3,000 calories. If you're eating clean at 3,000 calories, you're probably eating eight meals a day and literally eating is your life, right? What happens in the scenario where people lose the amount of weights that I'm talking about is they came to us over-consuming or they're eat the performers where their, their calories gradually got to that point. What people don't realize is that there's a process within your body that seeks balance. That process is called homeostasis. And people think this, this is the reason why you plateau, right? But what none of you on this call have ever done in a conscious way is push that homeostasis at the top, right? Because what you realize is that your body adjusts on both sides. They adjust on going down to where you plateau and it gets really frustrating like you're talking about right now. You're not in a calorie deficit. That's the end of the day. That, that's, the, that's the story. So all the other four people that are saying, yeah, it's frustrating, None of you have been in a serious surplus up to this point, right? And so when you say I'm really frustrating, you should be really frustrated at the 15 other diets that you did, right? All this time that never told you the truth. So you might not like it, but that's the truth. And, you know, we can help you get to the place that gets you, you know, to see the results that you want. But what I can tell you is that the people that you see around you and they're all doing this really extreme dieting and they're losing 20 and 30 pounds and things of this nature. I mean, let's be real. Those people were, were had some bad habits, habits that you don't have, right? You've, you've in the process of dieting all along the way. And I understand what you're saying. You don't view those things as extreme dieting because you're eating mostly whole food and you have some kale and you have some chicken and all these things are positive. These are positive habits that we will also teach you, but we will teach you with the right math. Your math is bad, right? And there's, you know, you can allow yourself, see, what I don't understand is the frustration, right? Because I don't, I, maybe, maybe you look at the frustration and you go, well, the numbers that you're giving me is causing me to be frustrated. That the numbers we're giving you has nothing to do with your frustration. 
right? The numbers that we're giving you just are similar to the numbers that you were eating before, but maybe didn't know that because you were intuitively eating, right? So if I run into this wall in my hotel once or twice and it knocks me out, well, the first time, you know, I could maybe view, like who put the wall there, right? But after about the 15th time, you have to go, this is me. This is a me problem. And we have to fix that problem. We have to get to the point where food comes back as an ally into what your struggle is, right? And so if your coach is saying to you like, hey, you haven't lost any weight, ding, 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 you know, we need to move to where we're starting to get calories in a direction that you, there's only two answers to it. It's simple. This is, this is not rocket science, right? You either need to go drastically lower or drastically higher, right? Those are your only two options. And if the drastically higher is not an option in your mind, you're just not ready. And I mean, I talked about that earlier, you know? And I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of reasons why people aren't ready, you know? And I wasn't ready for a very long time, you know? But it just came so obvious. I kept running into the wall and knocking myself out. And I was going, you know what? I'm not going anywhere near that wall anymore. And so, so I approached it from a different standpoint. And then over the last, you know, it's really been almost 15 years. But in that 15 years, you know, we really did refine the process in a much better way. So I know that that's bad news. But you know what? It's also great news. Because... I guarantee you, you haven't tried it, right? You've not gotten your calories to 2,500. Let's be honest about that, right? I mean, you might've eaten like that one day, you know? But if you are working out five days a week, the math on, on what your predicted total daily energy expender should be is much higher than you're thinking, right? You just wanna do it the hardest way possible. And so I'm saying, if you're gonna put all that effort into all of this, why not make it a smarter approach, not a harder approach, right? So we actively tell clients in your situation all the time, we need to move you to PR. And here's some other bad news. You probably should stay there for about six months, right? And, and the reason why we need that is we need your metabolism to recover the most. And then, oh, by the way, when you move to fat loss, you're not going to see these extreme 20 and 30 numbers, right? But in that six months, everything about you will change because your workouts will become better. You'll start seeing things that you don't normally see. You'll feel more in control. Your mental health will be better. You know, think of how frustrating it is to just run smack dab into that wall and never have the wall break. I mean, you might keep doing it the way that, and maybe the wall breaks, but there is a much better approach. And I hope you, I hope you, as you're hearing this, you don't feel like I'm being flippant. I, I, I know that frustration. I felt that frustration for 10 years where the dieting world's tell me, you're not in a calorie deficit. It's like, well, then how do I get into a calorie deficit? Well, you got to lower calories. It's like, but my calories are already at 1500 right? As a man, you know, 
And and the idea of going lower, you know, eventually just causes more harm. It just causes thyroid issues. It just accelerates just all this hormonal stuff that ends up being a bad thing. But in almost every case that we see, it can be fixed and it gets fixed with more food. And sometimes it gets fixed with some of those foods that are on the naughty list because they have more calories, you know? Um, so kind of keep that in mind as we go. Were there any follow-ups to, to that? No, I think some people are, are, they're happy that you've explained that, their understanding. Yeah, I, I really, I so hope that all of you feel what I just said in your soul. You know, I mean, the biggest insult that Carolyn, myself, Becky, we could all hear from anybody is that we don't care. We care endlessly. We think about the, I would love to tell you that I don't, you know, that I sleep like a baby. I don't, you know, sometimes people's struggles I do take on, right? Um, and, and we know that what we're teaching you is very difficult mentally, right? I mean, for some people, you know, they, they were, you know, as a woman, they're eating 3000 calories coming out of Christmas and, you know, Thanksgiving got crazy and, and now they lose 20 pounds. That's just not your situation. And the five other people, why did you listen to the Eat Perform? Why did you listen? Why were you attracted to our message? You know what you need, right? I, you just know it. And, and so I understand that it's adding to your timeline and you might not want to do it and that you wish that wishes came true, right? But this is not a wish deal. This is not another program that's going to make you a promise that isn't true, right? And then you walk away frustrated and those people don't care. I, you know, I, I, I'm going to tell you, they may have started caring and they may have viewed things from a rigid standpoint and it kind of worked for them. And so they don't know why, you know, but the minute we started doing this the right way for people and, and, and bringing people through the phases in a much smarter approach, the minute you do that, you know, it's right. Right. And the minute the client does it, they know it's right. Right. And so I think that, you know, it's sad, but we're people's last diet a lot of the time, you know, and, and we're fixing all of the things that these other programs have broken along the way. And that's fine. You know, I, w I wish we were people's first diet, you know, it, it would be a lot better for them and a lot better for us, you know, but that's not who hears our message. It's the people that have literally heard the other message that's harmful to them for the last, you know, 30, 50 years, and then begrudgingly go, well, this guy sounds like he's making some sense, right? And then, you know, I would say most people make it. Most people, most people like their approach, they go on to become lifetime clients, and then they become avid ether performers. Not everyone makes it because they just can't get over that fear. And that is my want for all of you, is just to get over that fear 
where it's not about body composition and it's really about a healthy way of approach food and that it allows you to be something that you can't even consider right now. Somebody that's been in the frustration and talking about clean eating and, you know, I, the, the worst thing in dieting, in my view, has, is clean eating, right? Not because it's not a good idea, because mostly if you look at the way that, that all of us eat, we're mostly clean eaters, right? The way that you would think of it. But this idea that clean eating will give you is the, is the secret to the dieting universe. Well, has it? How's it doing for you, right? And so, so we have to start putting numbers to this stuff. You know, people say, well, you know, can I do eat to perform with, without the specifics, right? And I say, yeah, I do it without the specifics but I need the specifics at time, right? And so, so if, you know, that time takes, you know, relatively, you know, four to five months to solve what is very difficult for a lot of people within their life, well, that, you know, it's your health, right? I mean, and, and most importantly, I don't really, you know, the physical health happens. The thing that, the thing that bothers me is your mental health right? You don't realize the toll that this is taking. I often wonder how much, you know, these, you know, diets to nowhere. This is why I keep talking about this in these posts, the diets to nowhere, right? You've been on a diet to nowhere for a really long time, but you're, you're saying, well, I don't do anything extreme. Well, I mean, if you've been eating less than 1500 calories, that's going to take a toll on your body if you're working out and doing what you're talking about, right? It feels pretty extreme, you know? Now, is it, is it you know, um, take a shot and eat 500 calories for a month? No, it's not that extreme, you know? Um, but, you know, I think you just weren't aware of, you know, you, you hear all these messages related to clean eating and stuff like that. And, and you're attracted to that, that message for a long time because you feel like that, that's something that you can do um, and you can gut that out. Um, but then you get to this place where many of the people that are saying, I'm with you, Amber, sounds like me, you know, all that other stuff. You were all vulnerable to that message at some point. And then you start hearing the message of each perform and you're like, there's, that other message isn't working. So clearly the eat the form message is, and then I got to give you the real bad news that sometimes, you know, um, we got to bring the food back and it can't just be about weight loss at that point. It has to be about, you know, physical and mental health, you know, and, and, and if I'm that guy till the day I die, that will be a great life because it will save a lot of people from a lot of frustration a lot of depression, a lot of eating disorders, things of this nature. I think a lot of the, 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 the people that, you know, the clean eating movement really had good thoughts in mind, right? But, but what they don't know is what your brain is, right? And, and the people that ended up with eating disorders related to clean eating and, you know, intuitively under eating a lot of the time, you know, we're going to be dealing with that for a really long time. You know, every time something new comes along, 
You know, Noom's out there saying, you know, oh, their psychology is going to change anything. The, the only thing that works with Noom is if you are overeating and now you're undereating. You don't talk to a psychologist. You know, I wonder how much harm they're going to do to all of you that are 20, 20 and 30 years from now going to talk to a person like Paul and go, that hurt me so bad. That lie, right? You've been lied to in a lot of ways, but I don't think the people that are lying to you lied to you on purpose. I just think that they, they, they cuddled up to a rigid lifestyle, right? Um, and, and, and it's really not about all these different things, right? Like you, you hear these horror stories when you're on our side, right? Um, a lot of people that were overconsuming and were morbidly obese and, and things of that nature, you know, they start cleaning and it does change a lot of things. It can be a miracle for those type of people, right? But for the people that are already eating pretty good, already working out, you know, it's not going to take you as far as you, you think it will. And food will take you farther, right? The whole point of exercise is to, to keep your body moving, keep your mind working so that you can approach life in a better point of view. The idea of, of using a diet to nowhere to do that makes no sense. And you go, well, why, why is he bringing up Noom? Well, there's no difference between Noom and clean eating. You know, whether you're, you're, you're under eating because you're eating kale and chicken is the same as, as getting 1,100 calories the first day you start a diet, right? Like, they're the example of the 52 pounds lost, right? Where you're gonna suffer for 52 year, weeks their way and you wouldn't do it our way because there's gonna be a better approach. And then with our better approach, you're going to then know how to do it. So you don't need to meal plan for the rest of your life. You don't need to long food for the rest of your life because now you've answered the question. But if you only look down, you will never see what the true path is. You have to look up. You have to trust that that's the way that your body is supposed to work amongst the deluge of information that assumes that every single person is under eating when they start a new diet. And the fact of the matter is they aren't. Not everybody is. In fact, many people are doing the opposite and, and they get frustrated and maybe they're not you. Maybe you're sticking to that bad plane a little bit more rigidly and not gaining a lot of weight. But that's the concept of yo-yo dieting is that people get the frustration that you're having and then they go off the rails. That was a little bit more of my story, by the way. Because if you're eating 1,500 calories as a male, and now you just, you know, you start to get frustrated, and, and for a week or two, you, you, you go off the rails, and, and now all of a sudden, you do hit the scale, like, I hope it's not as bad as I think it is, and you're up 10 pounds, I can't tell you how many times that 10 pounds ended up being 50, ended up being 70, ended up being 80, you know, um, and so, so even though you haven't done that, right, it doesn't mean that your, your approach couldn't be better. And I really genuinely hope that you take that in the manner in which I believe I, I approached it. So, all right. I really appreciate everybody being here. Um, I love these sessions. You know, I feel like we get to have conversations with you guys about really um, 
things that are core ideas for you to perform and that you get to walk away with a much better understanding of what we're doing and why we're doing it. And that last little piece, that was gold, folks. You know, um, I really, really think that a lot of people, I'm glad she brought that up because I think a lot of people needed to hear that. All right. I appreciate everybody being here and we'll talk to you later. Bye now.